Good evening. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Fathers Ain't Podcast. This is the season finale before I take a break before the new year. So because of that, I wanted to make this one a special episode and bring back some people that I really felt like did this show some justice. And those people are Miss Taryn Leggins, my mental health advocate, which was my favorite episode. Stickum, um, I really enjoyed you coming on as well because I saw another side of you because I'm always used to seeing the funny Stickum Johnson, but I've you know, I never saw the vulnerable Stickum Johnson. Uh, Mr. Donnie Johnson, I appreciate you coming on as well because you shared lots of wisdom. And we have a brand new face, and that is uh, Mr. Richard K. Scott, Esquire. So in no particular order, if everybody wants to introduce themselves, please feel free. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, my name is Taryn Liggins. I am the co-founder of Unleashing Potential LLC, which is a behavioral health agency here in Randallstown, Maryland. Uh, we focus on psychiatric rehabilitation programs in which we it's basically a therapeutic, uh, it, it's in addition to therapy, basically um, uh, assisting individuals who are currently seeking therapy with resources, um, including job searching, if they need entitlement assistance with applying for different entitlements, we assist them with that. Resume writing, the list goes on and on, whatever the need is, we kind of meet you where you are in the community and help you with that, as well as assisting you with your therapeutic goals. Okay. Yeah. Um, Next. Sticker. Well, I, I can make mine short and sweet. Mine ain't gonna be that long, okay? <laughs> so I'm a plumber by day and a comedian by night. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mr. Richard. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, um, I've got an office in Towson, right across the street from Circuit Court. Um, I started out as a prosecutor, been doing this about 20 plus years now. So I show my age, but uh, um, yeah, before that, I was in the military, um, and uh, I do a lot of. I was a prosecutor, obviously, so uh, I've done a lot of criminal defense work. I've, I've dealt with a lot of protective orders. Uh, I do a lot of family law, probably about 40% family law, and uh, another uh, 30% car accident cases. That's basically the, the general area. Um, and uh, so many stories, so many things to present, so much advice to give um, in going through this, uh, this situation. Um, one big point I will add is, uh, and I, I wish more lawyers like this, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in karma, a big believer in karma. And, uh, and that means I'm never going to do to somebody that I wouldn't want somebody to do to me. Um, so lots of times I've got a lot of good advice. Um, with nothing to gain but the sound advice. And I'll be straight up, I'll tell you things you don't want to hear because it's the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the only reason I'll ever say it. I will never say or do anything that I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror the next day and and, uh, and, and support. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to hearing the story. <clears throat> okay, thank you. And last and certainly not least, Mr. Donnie Johnson. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Donnie Johnson. Uh, 
Where do I start? Okay, so I'm a owner and founder of Misfit Turn Mobile, which is a mentorship program that I run in the inner city of Atlanta. Um, I'm an author uh, of my self-titled uh, title book, Misfit Turn Mobile. I'm currently working on my second book and uh, building relationships and partnerships with different programs, such as like Upward Bound programs. And I go and speak. I do a lot of motivational speaking. Uh, it's giving cats advice on how to, you know, better their lives and change the uh, trajectory of where they are in the current moments and extracting value from it. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's who I am, man. I'm a community guy, man. I love the youth. I love helping people develop. Um, giving them sound mind advice to make better decisions to, you know, have a better future, man. That's who I am. And of course, everybody knows me. I am Tanya Shell. Well, anyway, <laughs> so I gathered you all here today because uh, I interviewed Stickham on my second episode, and he told us a story about how his 16-year-old son, um, his mom, had put a restraining order on him because of him disciplining him. Um, the mother felt like that she had to protect him, and the restraining order was the only way that she felt like. He could protect her son. Am I right, Sticker? Mm -hmm. Okay. In the midst of us having that conversation, there were a lot of things that Stickham said that stuck out to me. One of them being that he went to court and he knew that he probably could win his case, but because he was tired of going back and forth, he just threw in the towel and said, listen, if that's what the mom wants, then let her have it. Um, Again, another thing I asked him during our interview was, how did it take a toll on his mental health? And he said it did. Um, but I know Stickham, like I said, I follow him on Instagram, but we're always seeing him laughing and you know making jokes and things like that. So for him to say that kind of surprised me because I've never seen that side of him. So basically, I just wanted us to have a conversation as a collective just to give them some advice from different angles, you know, because of the simple fact that, again, I had a conversation with them not too long ago, and the mom called and said that the son was missing. Well, because of the restraining order, he was caught between a rock and a hard place. It was, you know, should I talk to you or should I not talk to you? Because I don't know what to do because you have this order against me but at the same time i'm concerned about my son so i feel like as a father you should never be put in that position where you have to think about your decision if you want to go figure out if your son's missing or not so we just wanted to have a conversation you know to attack it from a legal standpoint a mentorship standpoint and a mental health standpoint if that's cool with you. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So um, is there anything that you wanted to say, Sticker? About the situation? Yes. Uh, I'm hearing that it's worse now that I'm not in the picture as far as him acting out more. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no like, real authority that he has to answer to now because he overpowered his mother and her family. So he's pretty much doing what he want to do. So things got worse since I've been gone. 
and she reached out to my sister and said that she don't understand why I won't go to the courts and lift the restraining order, but I can't. I think she has to. But I don't understand why she would get the restraining order, but then want to lift it. Lift okay. it. Okay. So that's a question for Richard. Um, is that something that Mr. Johnson could do? Or is that something that the mom has to do because she was the one that put it in place? Only she can do it. Only she can do it. She's the one that got it, and she's the only one that, that can do it. And this is so typical. I mean, it happens so much. Um, I call these protective orders a poor man's divorce. Because instead of hiring a lawyer, all she got to do is go to the commissioner, file some little five-minute protective order, get uh, go in front of the commissioner, go in front of the duty judge, get a temporary or get an ex parte, I should say. Then there's three levels of protective order. Ex parte is the first one where they just get it, okay, we're going to grant anything just until we get a chance to process it and review it. Then she'll have an actual hearing where she'll actually testify and say, okay, this is what's going on. And uh, and the judge will decide if there's enough or not to actually let this thing go forward. And uh, if the judge does decide to let it go forward, then they'll set a final hearing date where the other side gets a chance to finally either respond or not. Um, the lousy part is a lot of times criminal charges go with it. So the other party, even though they've got a solid defense, they can't say anything because anything they say can be used in a criminal case. They're backed up against the wall. Um, and then the crazy thing is these girls end up, or I say girls, I say, could be the girls or the husband, the dad, mother, whatever. Uh, but typically in the, my experience, it's, it's a, the female in the relationship that, that follows this thing and then ends up calling the guy or going over there or inviting him to her house. And uh, and the guy in smartest guy in the world and he goes and he gets locked up. Okay, I've got a perfect example right now um, where a guy uh, was going through a divorce with a, with a, a woman and he's got two children. She's filed CPS investigations against him three times, three times. Each one is, is uh, crazy, crazy allegations. Literally, she alleged that he was licking his child's genitalia. I mean, just literally insane. All three were unsubstantiated, meaning obviously they're going to investigate the hell out of that. And obviously they're not going to take that half skill, half ass. And to find unsubstantiated is a powerful statement because under those kinds of circumstances, typically it's safer to just say, all right, I'm just going to say, you know, let's go ahead and grant this as opposed to coming out and saying, no, this is crazy. It's unsubstantiated. All three times unsubstantiated. So it all gets dismissed. Our hero knows that she's capable of this. And uh, he still ends up taking her call says come to the park with me um he goes to the park with her um they play from six i think to 11 o'clock at night and this is the end of school year um six to 11 o'clock at night 11 o'clock comes around they go or, i'm sorry not 11 o'clock six to probably like eight or nine they go back to her house him with her and the children they go have dinner and then her version is he sees a picture of a guy with her in the house and he says no guy will ever be around my kids. She laughs at him. So he pulls a gun, a handgun, out of his waist, okay, holds it to her head, 
It says, this ain't funny. You will never bring a guy around my house. They end up calling it a night. They go home. No police are called. Um, there's text messages throughout the next day about uh, this and that. And her car broke down. Can you fix it? He says, yeah, I'll fix it. No problem. And then she says, did you get the settlement agreement for the custody of the children? He says, no. Well, let me email it again. All this is in documentation. And uh, this is the very next day after he held a gun to her head, okay, according to her. Um, and, uh, and he finally gets the email. And the email says the custody arrangement consists of her having full custody. And he gets visitation, but not a single visitation allows him to have the children overnight. He gets mad saying, no, I'm not going to agree to that. I want to have my children at least a couple nights, you know, at least a couple nights a week. She gets mad, calls the police. Tells him he had a gun and held it to her head 25 hours ago. Okay. Um, obviously, you say gun, please drop everything. Found charges against him. Uh, he was locked up beginning of November. Um, this was in Anne Arundel County. Um, I brought all of this stuff out. Um, he did one bail review with the commissioner, denied. One bail review with the judge by himself, thinking, this is BS. Nobody's going to believe this. I don't need a lawyer. Denied. I ended up filing a bail review. Um, that bail review got denied only because there was nothing new, no new information I could offer on top of the previous bail review. And since he kind of half-assed the first bail review, we're screwed on that. And then we filed another bail review in circuit court, and the judge denied it there because of a gun. I mean, everyone knows we'll take a risk. As soon as someone mentions gun, they're done. They're done. So let me ask you, Richard, I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me ask you a question. Why do you feel like, because you work in the court system, so you see this stuff all the time. Why do you feel like the judges are so eager to take whatever the mother says for face value and just, you know, it's whatever she said and we really don't care about whatever the man is saying? It, it, it's literally, and I don't mean it offensively because... I could see myself being put in a position to do this as well. Um, but it's literally cover your ass. Just cover your ass. Because bottom line, if the judge says, you know what, I don't believe this. I, I'm with Scotty. I think there's a bunch of crap. I'm going to let him go home. And he goes home and kills this girl with a gun. We all know he's not going to do that. He doesn't even own a gun. He had a previous hearing where he agreed to forfeit any guns, allow consent to search the house if there were any guns, and said, hey, you can take the guns if you find any guns. So mm -hmm. we all know there's no guns. But the fact that if he got out and did kill her, he's not going to be on the front page of the newspaper. She's not. The prosecutor's not. The defender's not. The judge that let a killer out of jail and kill this woman is just out of a job and on the front page of the paper. Just cover your ass. You know, it's just modern society now. Everyone's so worried about, you know, what people are going to say or do to them. They're just well, it's crazy. So, Stickum, let me ask you, how do you feel about the fact that you've heard that it's getting worse, your son's behavior, and there's really, like, nothing that you can do about it for right now? How does that make you feel? Stickum? Can you not hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear Stickum, me? Can you hear her? Stickum, 
Yeah, he might have just lost connection. But I, I can tell you that that's infuriating. It's infuriating because every child needs a mother and father. No matter how bad they are, the the child needs a mother and father. And it's the parent's job, even if they're not getting along, even if they hate each other, to set that aside just for the purpose of the kid. You know, you can't, be yeah. self, you can't use a kid as a weapon. You got to just set that stuff aside. And people don't do it. it. It's just, you know, literally, I could fix the world in one move. It'll never happen. But I could fix the world in one move if we could require a license to reproduce. Okay? If we do that in about 50 years and all the riffraff is gone, it'd be a whole new planet. It'd literally be a whole new planet. But we can't. As long as these people that have no business bringing children into the world are doing that, we're going to have to deal with these people, you know? And when I say these people, I mean like Sikkim's ex that he's stuck with. Files a protective order, knowing damn well he's not going to hurt the child. He was disciplining the child. He mm. got to support the father, you know? Father's got to support the, the mother. And now yeah. this and one of the, one of the Well, not to, to cut oh, you off, but one of the things that Ty and I discussed during our episode was, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has to do what's best for the child. You know, if you need to go to counseling, you know, to co to co-parent more effectively, do it. You know? Because yeah. the only one that's gonna get hurt in this equation the most is the child. You know? Right. Um yeah. you, you putting the father through all this nonsense and the, and now the child doesn't have a father. So you're seeing them act out more because you mm -hmm. honestly don't know from a mental standpoint, what that child is going through. Like, how did this affect the child? Right. You know, removing the father the father out of the situation, um, you know, you, you really just got to be adults about it and just put those differences, whatever they might be, to the side and just really focus on what's honestly best for the child. And Richard, like you said, like, it's important for both parents to be involved. If you have both parents who are willing and able to be involved, mm -hmm. that's probably what's best for the child. So, Donnie, do you uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Because you being in the position that you're in, I'm pretty sure you see this all the time. And sometimes, you know, like Richard said, the fathers get angry and, you know, things like that because they really do want to be fathers. But because of these situations, they can't or they're even afraid to because of the system. Mm -hmm. So how, yeah. how how would you advise a father handle something like that? Number one, me and you had this discussion before, right, on our, on our edition episode that mm -hmm. if... if if you can handle things right at the the forefront of the problem, at the forefront of the event, then you prevent all of this if you learn, number one, how to communicate. Communication is one of the biggest things that we lack in community, period, just as, hum as, as humans. You know, we got to get back down to the basics. I think, we, I think that we skip the basics that leads us into this place that, you know, it's hard for us to recover from because there's so many emotions and there's so many things that we deal with when it comes to these. Hold on, let's stick him. Yeah, he's back. Can you hear well, me Well, let's now? just kind of inform him on where we're at so that we can, he can uh, get an understanding. I heard you talking about communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it basically, great. so basically, it's just getting at the forefront of the, of, of the issues that, that we suffer from in our households and in our environments. 
number one, one thing that I'm working on is bringing like better uh, programs to the environment, I mean, to the uh, community to help with communication when it comes to parents and people in general. Because if we don't start there and being in a place to understand like what it is that each other want, we're going to end up in places like this. We're not developing the right uh, uh, habits that it takes for us to be successful adults and parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these things are, it's, I'm listening. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's affecting our, it's affecting our households. Like we skip over all of those points to get to, you know, this point where we at on child support, this, then the third, but if we would have took the necessary time and not moving prematurely and getting to know this person, we would know some of these things about this person. So it starts from those. I think that we have to focus on the, the, the real issues at hand, like un, uh, unveiling and, and, and revealing those things. Because if we don't, we're going to keep going through the same cycle. You know, just understanding who you're with, who you're laying next to, who you're getting involved with. These things can prevent future outcomes that can possibly be detrimental to our lives. Well, Donnie, let me let me stop you for one second. So. I, I hear you with getting to know who you're with. However, I've heard people say before, like in the first maybe like six months or whatever, which they call the honeymoon phase, you get the representative. Like you don't really get the real person until you get down to the relationship. <laughs> so I mean, I'm just wondering, like, how would you be able to weed that out, though? That's true. Uh, Let, let's go back to, to let's let's go back to delayed gratification. Delayed gratification, like like denying yourself of what you want at that moment to see what it really is before you take that step. We have to deny ourselves that period, that honeymoon stage, because we know we're not going to get. If you done been through that before, why would you put yourself in the same position again? If you know in that honeymoon stage that you're not going to get the real person, wait to two years later. It's okay to yes. exclusively date for two years, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> you have to get down to the real issues. If it, if it takes you that long, by that time, I'm pretty sure in two years, you're going to understand this person and who you're working with you're up yes. against. Yes, you're not buying a pizza. You're bringing a child into the world. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. You can you can be a relationship. You can move in together. You can get engaged. You can get married. But I think I agree. Two years before you bring a human to this planet, you know, you got that people that's dating for with. six months. Yeah, <laughs> because they're they're moving prematurely, and then it's like, oh man, I don't even know my kid's mother. The two, the two years ain't enough. <laughs> I was with his mother since the age of 12. Let's put an extensive. We had him at 19, <laughs> 12 to 19. Yeah. So so you know, I, I think that I think that you know, mm. doing the work because it gives you time. Number one, it gives you time to to work on self, right? Mm-hmm. The time gives you enough time to work on self to develop the the, the necessary habits that you need to coexist in that space with someone else how could you be somebody for somebody how could you be a a, a someone for someone else if you don't know who you are Mm -hmm. it starts at the it start it start at the points if you don't we can stop a lot of this stuff we can stop being in the (laughs) taking these things to court if 
we the real work that we supposed to do on the front end. So yeah, that, that's that's just my whole theory to to that. I'm not like a lawyer, a prosecutor, anything of that sort. But it's just like me personally, I just like to get out in the front. Let's not blame. Let's stop blaming others and start taking accountability for self. Go ahead, Taryn. Uh, can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want I want to take what you said just a a, a step further. Um, so not just learning who that person is, but learn who they are as a parent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you might you might get that representative, like he said, all the way up until you become parents. So you need to have the necessary conversations, like you know, what do you think about this? You know, what do you think about that when it comes to parenting? Um, how do you feel about this? If this was a situation that we were in, even if you're watching a show or something, like what would you do in that situation? Like you have to have the necessary yeah. conversations because honestly, sometimes you might not even find out who that person really is in a sense of who they who they are as a parent until that child is there. If you never had a conversation about children and you know, find out how they were raised. You never know if there's some childhood trauma that they might be dealing with. So when that child does come into the picture, now they're yes. dealing with something way deeper than you ever even imagined was even there. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. might not get that in that two years of dating unless those necessary conversations are had. You know, I would even recommend people if they're considering having children together to maybe have some counseling so you can find out those things because you might not know. It might not come out till that child is there. Mm-hmm. And now you find out that they have some tucked away childhood trauma that, mm-hmm. you know, now now you, you, you're too deep in now. Now you got a child with them. And this mm-hmm. person is, is, you know, is holding back some things. And they don't even know how to properly be that parent because you don't know what they experienced as a child. Or, you know, what they have to give because of those childhood experiences. So, so just to take it a step further, communication is definitely key, but you gotta have the right conversations. So let me ask you a question. Not I'm not trying to get in your son's mom's business, but could anything about the way that she parents your son have anything to do with the way that she was raised? <sighs> probably. You know, she was a runaway teen, but probably I don't know. So she didn't have respect for authority. Just like your son in her control is starting to lose respect for authority. Yeah. Yep. So, Stickum, how does that make you feel knowing, like I said before, uh, you disconnected that you heard that it's getting worse, but it's really like nothing that you can do. How does does that make Mm. you feel? Um, This is interesting. It, it hurts that you know that he's getting in trouble with the law and all that, but as far as like what's going on that she's having to deal with it, I feel like it's karma to get me out the picture. So now she has to. It's more on her, like she wanted me out the picture when she really needs me. So, so can I ask you this? Like, has anybody talked to your son and seen how he feel about the situation or? you know, what his thoughts are or where his mental state is when it comes to the relationship between you and his mom? Uh, 
I think my other uh, child's mother tried to, but my son doesn't really open up too much. He's he's not gonna really say much, but I don't think he's gonna express how he feels. Donnie, I I'm interested to know your opinion on Nickham's uh, attitude, and I'm not saying attitude in a negative way because your your whole thing is okay. Well, you wanted me out of the picture, now I'm out. You got to deal with the consequences of me being out of the picture. And unfortunately, your son getting in trouble with the law and acting out is unfortunate. And this is not what we want. So what I'm asking Donnie is that do you think that that's the right attitude for Stickham to have? Or do you feel like he should be doing something to say, you know what? I don't care about the restraining order. I need to take care of my son. Um, One... I look at it in the sense of um, this is a moment to to look at it and, and say, you know, what's the perspective of it? Like, what's the full picture of it? Like, let's look at perspective and and, and how you view things. Is going thing. So it's just like how how you approach in the situation and the attitude that you have determines what you're going to do. So with me, because I'm in a similar situation, but it's it's reversed. Like my son was acting out in school and then his mom called me and was like, hey, you need to come get him. And I actually went and got him. And now we're in a place with progressing, right? But in your case, I think it's, it's you know, focusing on developing who you are as, as a father so that, that, you know, deal with the situation mentally, allow yourself to feel it, so that you can understand, you know, what it feels like to not be involved in your child's life when you want to, but just saying, like, okay, when my child gets into my, like, when my child is brought back into my life, what am I going to do with him then? Like, let's focus on that, because right now, it's obvious that, you know, you can't in his life how you want to. That, that's that's the whole life happens things. You get what I mean? So like prepare yourself. I think like being patient and, and smart beats uh being angry and combative. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So be putting yourself in a place where you can understand and extract the value from the situation and say, hey, okay, I can't see myself right now. Let me not be in an emotional place. I'ma deal with it, but let me not be in an emotional place. Let me prepare myself. So eventually the son is gonna come to me. And when he comes to me, I'm gonna have these strategies and solution in place so that he can become a better person here's here's uh, my if i was a glass can you hear me? Of, yeah mm -hmm. can you hear me mm -hmm. yeah if, if i was a glass of water i'd be boiling over right now not not with anger just i got too many things to say um number one um one thing that'll trump up he you cannot contact your ex you cannot contact your son because they're all your order to have no contact and protect border. You can't even have a friend contact them on your behalf. Um, all it takes is a phone call to the police saying you contacted them. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. And and, and you'll have to wait and see if you need to get out. Um, and I want to hear what you guys saying. What's saying? But um, the one thing you, that does trump a protective order is going to circuit court and filing for custody. Um, you can go up there on the second floor in, in Towson if you live in the county and uh, take a blank uh, custody form. And, and fill it out in five minutes or less. Get you know, drop the 180 bucks filing fee, and at least you got the process going. Um, and then the court can get involved because obviously you can't deal with her. 
Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, you get more. I get. We've got a lot of plans for how to prevent this situation from occurring in the first place. But the reality, when something like this occurs, or when the relationship breaks up, the only way to keep this thing under control is to get more flies with honey than with vinegar. No matter how miserable this person is, you just gotta kill them with kindness and and do the best you can to, to compromise until you get into a cold scenario and, and can get something better uh, worked out. But yeah, absolutely no contact with her. And the other thing is never consent to a protective order because you and I could be in Aruba, okay, on vacation, okay? She could call the police saying you're on a, you know, I'm, me and you are on our front steps. We'll fly in through customs and we'll go to jail for violating protective order. We'll sit in jail for two months until we go into court for the thing. And that's when we'll produce the tickets showing we weren't even in the country. Okay, and it gets dismissed after we lost our jobs and spent you know two months in jail. Um, so it's crazy. It's crazy. I always tell people don't consent to protective order. And then finally, your son is is sixteen. He doesn't know what's going on. He's a he's a baby. Um, but we all have a father and a mother. I don't know if they're still around or not, but we all were created by a father and a mother, unless one of us is in a test tube. And even then, there's a father and mother. But the point is. At some point in our lives, we're all going to know who is the good parent and who is the bad one. And I can picture my parents, who I know was the good one, who was the bad one. And we may not realize it's 16 or 8 or even 25, but there will come a time when all of us realize, maybe 25, maybe 30, maybe 45, we're all going to know. We're all going to know who is the real parent, who took the hard right over the easy wrong, and who is the lazy parent just did whatever, you know? Um, they're all going to know, okay? Just like we all know. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. You're not going to get the credit you want now, but uh, just make sure you got your rear end covered so when that day comes, um, you're the one they, they choose. Stickum, you, know? you had something to say? Uh, he said, as far as contacting them, mm-hmm. what if she's contacting me? <laughs> and that happens all the time. You cannot answer her. You no, I'm not answer. answering, but do, will she get in any type of trouble for contacting nope. me? Nope, nope. No wow. protective order for her. She can call you as much as you want. She can insult you. She can spray paint notes on the side of your house. Uh, she can do anything she oh wants. But if you respond, you're going to jail. That's why I never agree to protective order. That's not right. Uh, That's not even fair. I want to ask Richard a question because you deal with the, the, the legalities of things. So like I said, you're new. Everybody else has been here before. But ultimately, I'm just going to let you know that my goal with this whole thing is to get it out there to somebody and let them know that the stuff that men go through to be fathers just don't make sense. No, that's terrible. So basically what I'm saying is, okay, so we all know the rules of child support. You don't pay, you lose your license, you go to jail and all that. None of that makes any sense. So if if we were trying to change these things, we're not saying don't hold the fathers accountable if they're not paying. But if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna hold them accountable, then make it make sense. You know, losing a license doesn't make sense. Not being able to obtain your child your passport doesn't make sense. So where do where do we need to start to to let somebody know? Hey, this doesn't make any sense. You, you got to be at, at the child support calculation. Table. You got to make sure that's something that's manageable and realistic. A lot of times it'll, they'll just half-ass calculate it. And then uh, a year down the road, the dad loses his job, but doesn't bother to tell the court anything about it. And 
know, six months later, he's six months behind in child support. That is losing everything over nothing. You got to, you got to, once that, that calculation gets done, first of all, you got to make sure it's correct. And then uh, second, once that's done, you got to stay on top of it. You got to stay on top of it. I mean, it's not a, a school loan. It, it's supporting your child. I know right. it's tough. And here's a, another huge point that I get all the time. I shouldn't have to pay this person because she just, or this person just takes some money and, and paints her fingernails. Or this person <laughs> takes some money and puts a new muffler system on his car. You know, that's not fair. Listen, once you reproduce, you you forfeit the right to tell that person how to spend the money. The, the, the requirement is paying the child support. The way it's calculated, and this is really important too. I, I'll stop after this one concept. But the way to understand child support, suppose any one of you and I were, were di- divorcing. We had one kid and uh, and say whoever earns 70000 I earn 30000 so combined, we earn a hundred thousand a year. Just make it an easy number. Hundred thousand combined income a year. Um, I'm earning thirty percent. You're earning seventy percent. One child. Okay. Um, when when you're calculating child support, there's a grid like across the top and across the, the left margin down, just like the tax code. Once you figure out all your deductions, across the top it says single, head of household, uh, married, married, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You choose the one that applies you across the top, and then down the side, you, you find your taxable income after deduction. Uh, 10000 20000 30000 say 30000 Then you go across to the middle, you just bring those two numbers across, and you find in the, in the meat of the, the grid um, what your taxable income is. Same thing with child support. Okay, across the top is how many kids? 1, 2, 3, 4, 20, 30, 40, whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. so we got one kid, then down the side, we calculate how much would this family earn a month if they stayed together? So say a hundred thousand, just I know it's twelve months, just say uh ten thousand a month. Okay, so we cross the top one child, down the side, ten thousand. Okay, now you go down into the meat where those two meet up and say the child support calculates out to be a thousand. Okay, what that means is a family, if we stay together, should be spending a thousand dollars on one child a month. That is what the state of Maryland says is the right thing to do. I support that, but here's the final portion. It doesn't mean you're paying the thousand. Here's our little one going by. Um, it doesn't mean you're paying the thousand. That now comes in the 30, 70%, okay? I'm earning 30%, you're earning 70%. If I get custody, I'm, I already have 30% of that thousand. You've got to give me 70% of that thousand. You're gonna pay me 700 bucks. Okay, if you get custody, you're already you already got seventy percent of that thousand. I owe you thirty percent of that thousand. I owe you three hundred bucks. And that's basically in a nutshell how child support gets calculated. Just to dumb it down so a, a, a knucklehead like me can understand it. Okay. And then the only other added factor is if you have fifty fifty custody, and that lowers it doesn't make it zero, but it does lower the child support. But at least once you understand that concept, it kind of makes sense. Donnie, you had something you wanted to say? Donnie? Uh, number one, I don't think it's good math. <laughs> I don't think that it's good math. And it's just it's just horrible. It's just horrible that it's just horrible that 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 certain men have to go through these things. And I and I think that you know the ones that are going through it have to, you know, connect on some level to like you know, get these laws, you know, 
you know, push forward to get these laws changed, man, because that's 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 crazy. Just knowing that he's on, you know, he's restricted to see his child. And if she calls, nothing happens. And if he calls, he gets locked up. That's that's the most absurd thing that I ever heard. And it's just like, I don't want to be naive to it and give you advice to support like the front end of the problem and not where you're at. And it's just like where you're at right now. I I, I want to hear where you are mentally so I can learn. You get what I'm saying? Because this is this has to be like very stressful and very overwhelming knowing yeah. that like your child can be you know how the world is set up nowadays. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, it's so much going on in the world and just knowing that you don't have any control to like do anything to help your child is like. Man, that's that's I'm I, I feel blessed, bro. That my 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 son's mom actually called me and said, "Come get him," you know what I'm saying, without any restrictions being involved. So I would love to hear your point of view of like how 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 does it feel if you don't mind sharing? How does it feel internally? Well, stick you know, let me, before you answer that. Let me piggyback off of Donnie because I did want to ask you basically the same question, like when you got that text. Thing, and this is leading up to what Donnie's saying. It's like, oh, he's missing. And it's your natural reaction is to pick up the phone or go cruising the neighborhood looking for him, but you gotta pull back because you don't know if it's a trap, if it's a setup, if you you don't know. I so, did go in the neighborhood though. Okay. I went in the neighborhood looking for him. I didn't let her know because I don't trust her. <laughs> you know, so I felt like I couldn't smart. just sit down. I couldn't just sit in the house. And not do anything. So mm -hmm. I called my family members, the ones she could reach out to. She didn't reach out to them. So I didn't know if it was a trap or not, but I still had to go around and look and look. Mm -hmm. Does she have, but no, that's not our business. I'm like, does she have any plans on taking you off due to the consequences of your son? Like, not, you know, being involved with the law, being, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like I got, right I got now, two months left. I'm in a place, say that again. I got two months left. Of what? On the oh, restraint. Oh, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. It's been I'll a whole, almost, almost a year. They got it's almost a year. Yeah, God. that's that's heavy. Yeah. So, Taryn, do you have anything that you want to say to stick them, like at, at least from a woman's perspective? Yeah, I, you know, and I think we might have talked about this before. Um, I hate the fact that women. Um, can use their children against the fathers, you know, and, and almost kind of like, you know, whatever they have a, a, against the dad, they're like, oh, well, look, you know, you'll never see your child again. And you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just kind of like using that. Um, this case, I would have to say is definitely an extreme um, that I haven't, I haven't heard of anyone getting a protective order. Um, mm -hmm. So that the person, you know, that the father just absolutely cannot, um, you know, see the child without, you know, her having like full control, like Richard said, of anything, just being able to just like call the cops and be like, well, you're going to go to jail. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's awful, you know, because like we said before, in this situation, the child is suffering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if, you know, Stickham was around. And able to kind of like talk to him and, you know, like, look, 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 son, you got to, you know, you got to stay out of trouble. Like, I'm, you know, that accountability 
of a dad makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I, I would say definitely, um, you know, Donnie mentioned like it's got to be heavy and it's got to weigh in um, internally a lot. Stickum, have you sought any kind of um, therapy to kind of just work through your feelings and, you know, everything that, you know, you might be going through mentally when it comes to this situation? No. No. I kind of talked to my sister. Talked to your sister? You know, and and sometimes, you know, and sometimes we do, um, you know, have a tendency to maybe go to family and stuff like that. But then there's uh, a situation where, you know, people can go behind and, you know, talk about like, "Mm, that's a daggone shame. What's going on? You know, sometimes you might need, you know, someone in a safe space where you can just kind of like let it all out. No, you know, no judgment, no nothing behind it. They don't know the backstory. They don't know you. They don't know her, but just can kind of work through those feelings um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a safe space, in an unbiased, you know, environment. So mm-hmm. I would personally, you know, recommend maybe looking into talking to a therapist. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. I know there is a stigma in the African-American community and Ty and I discussed that before as well, mm-hmm. but um, it's needed. You know, it's a lot of people who are out here going through things in silence and they're hurting and and we need to talk to somebody about that, you know. So Stickham, when when it comes so when when it comes to the point where your son comes back into your life, however that may be, how open to you how open are you to counseling for him? Well, actually, for the both of you, because like Terrence said, you going through this, I'm pretty sure there's some trauma or not really trauma, but there's some things within you. And then, of course, he's got all this stuff, you know, bottled up. And just just the fact that you said your son doesn't really open up, that's kind of a problem. Right. Because whatever's going on, he needs to express it. Right. True. And I I work with children and a lot of times they won't talk to their parents or to a family member. And then, you know, even sometimes with um, the therapist, you know, just kind of working in that environment. So um, additional support services like PRP, um, psychiatric rehabilitation, you know, kind of meeting them where they are. I'll get the kid. We'll maybe, maybe we'll go get ice cream and we'll just talk and things will just come out. That you know, we had him in therapy. Yeah, he don't. He won't open up. He won't open up. He won't open up. I even sat in a session with him, and I thought it was because I was in the session, but he just won't open up. And why? He, and and in your opinion, why do you think that 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 is? My son just changed overnight. It just happened. It's like it was. A quiet little boy to, you know, just started getting into trouble. And he was living with me at the time, and I was still paying child support. And I was scared to wow. ask her to take me off because she was going to say, okay, he can come back home. But I was just like, I might as well just pay child support. And I'm still paying child support now, and I still can't see. Wow. So Now, Richard, I see you shaking your head a lot because now this is, this is what we're saying is unfair. Like, he still has to pay child support. At one point, he was living with them, but he was afraid. Like, why is it that a father is afraid to say, hey, I'll raise him. Can you just take me off of child support? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. You're, you're 100% right. And what he's saying happens all the time. 
nothing he's doing wrong. He, he's a, he's a, a good parent who's making the decision that I would rather have my child and pay than just save a couple bucks and lose my child. So I get the concept, but you just got to have the, I guess the, the confidence that she doesn't have that kind of power that you think she does. To, well, I'm just going to take the kid away. You know, she doesn't have that kind of power. Not to mention, depending on how long the child's been with you, um, under your, your, you know, authority or whatever. Um, I, I support you hundred percent. One thing I will add, and, and this, you think the, the other story is crazy. I, I'll make this one very, very short, but a, a client I had, had a child, well, broke up with a girl because she was cheating on him with another guy, with guy two. Okay. Um, the way he found out that she was cheating on him is because she had a baby with guy two. Um, and, uh, and so they, they broke up. He said, you sure it's not mine? No, it's this guy two's baby. So they, they broke up. Um, he went on about his business. Um, she marries guy two. Um, they, they're married for, I don't know, five, eight, ten years. Um, the kids get older now, like ten years old or so. And uh, they, they start having problems. And this lady, this girl, gets divorced or files a divorce from guy two. Um, she files for child support and, and custody uh, from guy two. Guy two says, oh, yeah, I'll start a paternity test. <laughs> you see know how It's funny, but it's not. Uh, paternity mm-hmm. test is done. The kid isn't guy two. It's, it's, it's the client. Like, wow. You just took away the, the formative years of this child from his dad. I mean, we, any, I think all of us have children here. And, and you know, I can't imagine not enjoying the year one, year two, year three, year four. Those are easy, fun years yeah. where you know, you're a god to them, you know, before so, they hate you, you know, as, as I hear. You know, so, mine's my oldest is three. And, so, and so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but, and I'll give this end of the story. So, basically, guy two in the divorce gets visitation of this kid because he raised him the first 10 years or so and is not required to pay child support. Then this girl files for child support from the client. Like, are you kidding me? Child support from him for a kid that she told him was not even his. Um, and so that's what he had to face. And the guy was great. Just like Stig, we say, hey, he's my kid. I want to support him. I want to raise him. I also want time with him. I want visitation. The craziest thing and the last twist of this thing was in order for him to get visitation of this child that he missed his entire life on, he had to have a hearing not just with the mother to work out visitation between two of them, he had to work out visitation with this other guy who already was ordered visitation of a child that wasn't even his. Wow. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So he had to fight for visitation from two different people's schedules. It's, so, and, oh, by the way, and he's the one, only one that had to pay child support. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You just got to so be careful. Since you're working, since Taryn, you work with kids, and Sikkim said that his son just doesn't open up. What? But so we know that he doesn't open up as far as therapy. Mm-hmm. So, what other things can you recommend for him to do to try to get him in that position to open up? Um, at that point, I would definitely recommend uh, some kind of mentorship or, uh, like I said, additional support like the PRP. Um, 
because they, like I said, they do meet you where you are. So sometimes it, it is a intimidating space for kids to be in the office and to be asked questions. They, you know, kind of shrug it off or, you know, um, depending on the age, teenagers are a little more defiant. Um, but if they feel like someone is being real with them, like a, a mentor, you know, will kind of kick it to them straight. And you can, and, and for like young um, black males specifically, you can actually get um, uh, a black male to, to mentor with them or to be their PRP. So somebody that maybe they feel more relatable with and, and you know, feel that they can look up to that kind of like understand them. Um, Cause I, I'll hear that sometime from uh, teenagers like, you know, oh, I, just, I just don't feel like she understand me or, you know, they, they don't understand what I'm saying. Or I don't, I don't feel a connection with them and that's okay. You want to, you know, find somebody that you do have a good rapport with, whether it's your therapist, a mentor, or um, a, a rehab coordinator, which is a PRP worker, um, somebody that you do feel comfortable with, that is you feel genuine and feel safe to discuss those things with. So I would suggest, you know, I, I know that Donnie is, um, has like a mentorship program. So something like that, where it is a, a maybe a guy um, a, a black male who is talking to him and like, hey man, look, I understand and could kind of tell him like, look, this is what I did when I was a teenager. You don't want to go that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and kind of like show them that it's a better way. Like, man, come on. It's not worth it, you know, and they feel more of an attachment and a connection and they feel safer to open up because they think it, you know, they, they're getting somebody that they can relate to. So Stickham, I want to ask you, um, once this is all over how excited are you because you're gonna always be his dad that's just a given but how excited are you it or if you're even to become a part of his life again or is that gonna be like an awkward situation for you now because you really don't know who you're dealing with at this point yes he's your child but you don't know him right now yes it's uh it's definitely gonna be awkward but to be honest, I don't even know. I don't even know how to let it happen. Should I approach him once it's over? Should I let him approach me? I don't know what to do. Donnie, you have anything to say as far as that? Um, just going off of my situation with my son, because I, I, it was a, it was a minute before I saw my son prior to him with me. So uh, me and my son always kind of had a relationship, so it was kind of easy. And plus, he's 10 years old. It's, it's quite old. At 10, you're more forgiven. You know, at, at 16, uh -oh, I think he might awesome. we lost him. Right well, there? Yeah. Can you hear us? Stick him. How old is your son? 16. He was 15 at the time, yeah, and now he's 16. 16. You know, at 16, it's it's a different approach. I think we have to approach it with with you know, with gradual one and, and approach it with with patience. You know, allowing allowing to develop because it's just it, it can't be a jump right back in thing. And, and I'm parenting. You know, 
it has to be in a place where you you just got to get to know him all over again because he's been through things outside of the relationship that y'all have and being in the streets and getting into it with the law uh you know you you just don't know what he is mentally so it's just you know allowing him to approach the situation i mean you engage but allowing him to approach and want want that relationship you know you just drop little nuggets here and there and then allow it to come to you and it'll grow i think because with my son i had to really like you know um be patient and i had to develop myself as well I had to develop myself and, and, and expand the vocabulary. Uh, I, I took communication classes to learn how to communicate with a child better. You know, just understanding where he is, not knowing exactly where he is. You get what I'm saying? So it's a it's a it's a delicate situation, but you have to you, you definitely have to. I, I would advise to move into it patiently. Just so you saying don't approach experience. as a father but more so as a friend someone he can talk to someone that he can that he can say hey uh, okay he's showing consistency even if it's just a text message a text message here or a quick phone call here uh just hey man how you doing man i just called to pick on you all right i'll talk to you later boom it's it's building you know building with consistency you know once he see that like okay he's here all right, you know what? Let me just, you know, and I see the change in my dad because number one, he's gonna be looking for change in you too. Like, so are you gonna be a, a, a father and be in a place of discipline and being, you know, in a place of shame that he's done when he's done? You get what I'm saying? Like, now he's closed in because he don't, he, he doesn't feel like he can express himself because there's discipline there, and it's just like we know that. You know, with the discipline, like with, even with my son right now, I don't even whoop my son right now. I challenge his brain. I challenge his brain and I allow him to in these situations so that he can use his brain. That's like one of my tactics that I use. I don't whoop my son, period. I allow him to go through the process so that he can extract value himself at the age he's at that he can understand and allow him to use those tools in the next situation. And I just cultivate that. I don't go in just straight disciplining and just, hey, man, you uh, at times I do because I'm still growing, you know, but just developing myself and developing better habits like I. I OK, so Stickham, let me ask you this. Um, looks like we lost Donnie for a second. So are you are you prepared for resistance and mm -mm. if okay taryn yeah you heard him say that he's not prepared for resistance how should he i, I didn't hear him the screen went out oh i'm sorry i asked him when when the time comes is he prepared for resistance from his son if that's the case mm -hmm. he said no so I was asking Taryn, and you could chime in as well. How does he prepare himself for the, you know, the what if? Um, I guess I'm not. Well, let me ask you. Um, so how was your relationship prior to the protective order with your son? With my son? Mm -hmm. It was great. 
He was all he was stayed over. He was with me when he was with his mom. Okay. So but I'm just the enforcer. Like when she even when she has problems at her house, she'll call me. Like he really he didn't really act up over here. Okay. But at her house he was a different person. So okay, so as the enforcer, did you also show him that love? Like, here son, come here, let me give you a hug. No. I'm proud of you, boy. I love you. Like, is uh, is like is that the language? Did y'all ever experience any of those father son moments? Uh, not really. As a teenager, no, probably not. No, when he was younger, yeah. But as he got older, like just watching TV with each other, like it just he got into girls, you know, and all that, and he just stayed in his room for the most part. Okay. So having that relationship is important too. Now, um, Donnie, I know you said that like in your situation that you kind of had to be patient, but like now do you feel like you and your son are at a place where y'all, you embrace them and you, you giving him that hug and showing them that love from a father to a son? That's who I've been from day one. Day one, like, okay. Okay. So for for stick them, um, yeah, like that's, to question. That's, that's a part of who I can can you can you hear me? I hear you now. Oh, okay, so that's just a part of who who I was as a father. Period. Like, okay, even even in my in my moments of I don't like to say discipline, uh, because it comes off uh thrown to kids. You know, and, and it's like for me, I like to say I'm teaching them, you know, I, I, I'm mentoring them. Like, let's use a better choice of words, because nowadays, you know, we heard discipline in our days. You know, we I'm a you know, you y'all know the slang. <laughs> y'all know what your moms told you when they whooped you and did whatever they did. But I, I think I think it's evolving and, and expanding the vocabulary so that the kids can understand that, like, OK, this is not something that's so detrimental. When they hear discipline, it's like, oh, you need to discipline him. And it's like the first thing the child saying is referring to is a whooping. Right. And then they're going to say, like, do my do my parent really love me because they whooping me? You get what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I right. eliminated whoopings. Okay. So that now so, I'm putting them in the place of accountability. Right. You get so what I'm saying? So, right, so, yeah. so, so I always been in a place of embracing and loving my son. Like I told Ty in our interview, you know, my, uh, me and my son, I was going to pick my son up from school and, uh, you know, his teacher came out and, you know, he was acting up in school prior to me getting him. So doing this 30 day course of, me, you know, involved in his life in an everyday on, on an everyday consistent basis we built a, a whole different bond you know what like when i picked him up on the weekends and i and couldn't see him for three other weekends and now i'm back in it you know it was very inconsistent so he was he was acting out because he didn't he didn't have the guidance right but once i got into a place where uh you know like i was telling ty like we was riding in the car when I went and picked him up from school and his teacher was, you know, she was in it, you know, he was a class clown at first and this, that, and the third. And then she came to a place when I picked him up the day that I'm talking to y'all, she came outside and said, Mr. Johnson, I'm not going to tell you about the bad days and not tell you about the good days. Uh, your son is making an awesome change. He's progressing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, 
we, we rolled off from the school and I literally like I was thanking God because I prayed about it and and and, and it was like man I ain't have a woman and he changing around so God I'm gonna keep on going with this and I and I literally started crying I literally started crying and my son started crying with me and he was like daddy what's wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like son I'm so proud of you that you that you you held yourself to a, a level of accountability and, and I gave him a, I pulled the car over I pulled the car over into a parking lot and gave my son a hug and hugged my son and we cried and then we rolled home and then he kind of explained to me why it was important for him to make that decision to change all because I, I embraced him I hugged him kissed him on his forehead you know just just give him that love like making them make letting them understand that, like daddy loves you as well as mo like, like mom do like right. I, I, i'm a firm believer in that a father can be a nurturer as well absolutely so taryn um because we're about to wrap this up so one more thing so when you and i spoke you said that the reason why some of us don't do certain things is because it's generational. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask Stickum, is it the reason why you, as a teenager, you don't hug your son or kiss him on the forehead or whatever the case? Is that because you never got that from your dad? No, I probably felt awkward. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get that. <laughs> right. And so, right. So in preparing to reunite with your son, um, being that you all didn't have that kind of nurturing relationship before and you were more of a disciplinary parent um, and now he's coming into it, having done some things wrong, might be ashamed of it or, you know, just kind of he might be having a little bit of anxiety about it behind it because he's like, oh, man, like. You know, mm -hmm. this is not going to be good because I did this, that, and the third, and I know he knows. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what's going to happen? So I would, I would, you, you definitely have to be patient. Um, and just kind of, I guess, get into each other. You, you really have to learn each other, honestly. Because if you want to be the kind of father who is going to be more nurturing, versus just, you know, just being uh, labeled as the disciplinary, it's going to take some personal development, too, on your end mm -hmm. um, to kind of communicate and manage um, that, that reunion with your son. I would even start working on that now of ways to for you to feel comfortable with showing him that love or why you don't feel comfortable or kind of like digging into why you don't feel comfortable in that space. So that you can give that to him because it's needed it is it really is needed for a son to get that love or you know you know look man look i'm here for you you don't have to be hard all the time i know that you feel things um but i want you to be able to talk to me about it you know know that you know i feel things too so you you have to tap into your own vulnerability in order That's to crazy because it comes so easy for my daughter, but when it comes to him, I feel like he feel like things gotta be hard. So, and, and that's and that's what they and that's what we get taught, right? That the boys can't express. You mm -hmm. have to be hard. If you cry, you solve. And you know, and so a lot of times these young black boys are internalizing their feelings because they feel like society is gonna look at them as soft if they have feelings. 
And so, and if the father was raised yeah. the exact same way, so he's not showing feelings. So now you have this interaction between father and son where nobody is creating a space for anybody to be vulnerable. So where's the love, you know? So are you willing to come on down and bring that vulnerable side out? Because I, you just said, you know, it would be awkward, but are you willing to let it be awkward so that you can love your son correctly? If that's what it takes for, you know, to build a relationship, yes. And, how, and that's where the generational curse stops. That's where it stops. Huh? That's where it stops. Is, I, I think really you should just take a, a five day week and just scoop them up with, with, you know, with permission from your ex or whatever. And just go on a road trip. No plans, no nothing. Just you and him. And and free pass, anything that happened up to now is a free pass. Forget it. Just clean slate and just have some fun. Just just bond with the dumbest crap. And I, I, my opinion is you come back out of that five-day road trip and both of y'all will be laughing and, and giggling and a whole nother, nother bond. Because um, honestly, he's going to find a bond someplace. And if he can't bond with his mother because she can't control him, he can't bond with you because you're not allowed to be around him, he's going to find it in the street. And yeah. you got to shut that crap down mm-hmm. quick because you're running out of time. Once he turns 18, anything you taught him is, is, is all you got. He's pretty out on his own now. So I just, um, first of all, because like I said, this is the last episode before the new year. So I want to thank Taryn for coming back again. I want to thank Stickum for allowing me to use his situation to have this conversation. And and I, I was looking back at all my episodes and, and I, I thought that you were the one that we needed to have this conversation with because of the situation is is so unique like and and I don't mean unique like it's great I mean like I've never seen this before like I've seen oh you can't see him because you're not paying child support but I've never seen a restraining order I've I've never seen that and and I know uh through talking to you on our episode I was getting some things from you and I could tell that you felt the way and you know, and, and you weren't, and even when we signed off, I saw that you were getting a little emotional and you kind of like put yourself back in, you know? So I wanted you to hear the importance of it being okay to not be okay, as Taryn would say. Yeah. And um, again, I do thank you for that. Donnie, I thank you as well. Richard, I definitely thank you because I came to you at the last minute. Um. But in wrapping up individually, um, does anybody have any advice for Stickum as far as this situation? Because we're all going to pray that his son is going to come back into his life and there's no chaos. He's just going to come back and they're going to iron it out. And like Richard said, wipe the slate clean and go from there and be father and son the way they're supposed to. But in doing that, is there any advice that any of you guys have to offer him? I've only known Stickle for less than an hour, and he's, he's already come across so damn likable, man. You know, I, was, I was sitting here for a moment trying to find him on Instagram, so I could, I could friend him or whatever, so you have to to handle him or whatever. But, I mean, man, you just get, do your thing. Get that boy in private, out on the road someplace, spend some time where he can't escape to his buddies or whatever. 
just with you and him. And just do you, man. It comes out. You're likable, man. You're likable. You're going to have no problem with him. You just got to get him just you and him. That's it. Thank you. Taryn? I would say never give up on your son. Don't give up. Don't roll over. Don't take it. You love your son. You want to be there for him. You want to be the father. Do whatever you got to do to make that happen. If it, if you got to get a little uncomfortable, that's okay. You got to get uncomfortable. You know, if you got to do some personal development, you know, and, and that's in the form of, you know, maybe talking to a counselor, y'all working through some things, you know, do what you got to do, but don't give up again. Don't let, don't let the system win on you like that. You know, just never give up on him. Um, and, and he'll know that he'll know that like, look, you know, my dad's not going to give up on me. He loves me. And you guys can kind of work through those things together. I'm rooting for you. I'm definitely you. rooting for you. Yes. Donnie. Did we lose Donnie again? Okay. Oh, well, I'm not an expert. No, I'm like here. You. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Donnie. No. So, so. My my biggest thing is like with anybody is like extracting the value out of the situation so that you can understand so that you won't make the same mistakes again. But for this case, uh I, I really wanna say, you know, I think I think what's gonna heal this situation is forgiveness. You know, being able to be in a place to forgive even though that person don't deserve it. It's not because that you that person deserved it, it's because you deserve to be healed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you deserve to be healed, bro. You deserve to be happy, bro. You deserve to be a good father. So allow yourself not to be so hard on yourself and forgiving his mom. Forgive his mom because ultimately she's only doing what she's been exposed to. So, you know, just being in a place that if you know you know better, do better. Uh, I know it's cliche, but, uh, you know, taking the necessary steps, like 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 they said, to, to develop personally. So that you can, you know, smooth the situation out and possibly give her advice, you know, so that you can to co-parent better together, you know. Just so, so my biggest thing is like in this situation, man, just forgive, man. Like being able to muster yourself up to a place that you can forgive her, not because she deserved it, because but because you deserve to be healed. You, you a strong man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I can forgive her, man. I don't know if I can do that. Well, I think yeah, because I got so much thing. anger against her. For this what is the she thing, did. just real quick. This is the thing. This is the thing. Up. We're just real quick. Your son seeing that 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 act of kindness is gonna change his trajectory of how he looks at you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so it's not, it's, it's not about her. you and her anymore. It's a bigger yeah. picture. Let's 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 not point the finger and blame because she didn't know no better. You think if she would have known to do that, she would have did that? I don't think that people are just that just evil, bro. I just think it's a lack of knowledge and ego that's in the way that 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 you know uh, uh, doesn't make it any better for people to learn what they need to learn and get the tools that they need to get in order for them to move forward. You get what I'm saying? You're getting those tools. She's, I don't know if she's not, but you have a prosecutor slash lawyer on site. You got a mental health therapist. <laughs> you have somebody that's in your clinic with Ty that made a whole platform for guys like you. So 
it's it's you know you're getting the thing the tools and the resources that you need so you know being in a place of forgiving just to see your son smile you gotta you gotta kill the pride and the ego because yeah. your son your son life depends on this so it, my son life depended on me picking him up that day i wasn't gonna let his mom stand away i wasn't gonna man forgive me god i would let god stand away i was gonna go get my son and i was gonna forgive him because my son life depended on me your son depend on you, man. And you a great man, man. And I love you, bro. As a, as a, as a man, bro, I love you, bro. And you're going to get through this, man. You're going to get through that, this. It's just, it's just adversity to show you who you are. And you know what? Uh, again, because like like I said, my favorite episode is with Taryn. And just, just now, just now, when you said, I love you, bro, Taryn and I talked about this as well, where we have to start showing brothers loving love and support. brothers. Yes. And that was so monumental. Yeah, man. Just in that. It kind of made me a little teary-eyed, guys. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> right. And, and I, I love to see it. I really yes. do. And I, and I feel yes. like we need more of that in our community. Because yes. it, yes. it goes so far. Yes. It means so much to know that. Hey, look, it, I, I, I want his contact. I want his contact information because. Oh, there you go. There you go. We keep yeah. Donnie, but Stigum, I just I, like I said, you know, we we've only met like once or twice, like in DC or whatever. But I've been following you on Instagram for years, and I I can see what type of dad you are just you know by following you or whatever. So to, to hear what you were going through, it kind of, it, it was heartbreaking for me because I know the type of father you are. And that's why I wanted you to come back because I feel like, like Donnie said, you could benefit from this. You have, you've made new friends today. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, Rich is in Towson, you know, Karen's in, in Randallstown. I know, you know, this whole Baltimore, D.C. thing, but, you know, we go put that to the side, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and then you got uh, Donnie is in Atlanta. But still, you know, social media, you just a call away. But um, Donnie, were you saying something before you? Yeah, I want I want his contact information. I don't, I, where, where, where are you located? You, you, you're in Atlanta? No, I'm in DC. Uh, DC. It's okay. We got technology. We we everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? You you. That's I, right. I got an accountability group that I have. What what what? Where is uh is 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 men that you know coming out of situations that willing to hold themselves accountable. We talk every morning. We text each other. We send each other Bible scriptures. We, we really help develop each other, you know, because they say iron sharpens iron, man. So it's just like, man, I want to really, you know, uh, extend my hand to you, bro, because you need to understand the power that you have in the situation. Even though the law, you may, even though the law has the power, you really hold a real power. You really hold a real power because at the end of the day, how you handle it, how you handle the situation, that's gonna be the outcome of what's gonna dictate regardless if you regardless if if, if if she don't let you see your child for these next two months. Use these next two months to develop yourself because you know that that day coming. 
Yeah, yeah. you want to be prepared for it because I'm, I'm nervous I'm a for that day. Demons that are gonna give you that opportunity, man. And again, you can call me anytime you want to. Man. And just remember, you cannot, no matter how much you hate the the other parent, you cannot talk bad about the parent to the child because the child is genetically half that. Parent. Oh, I don't do that. You insult that parent, the child. Is yeah, absolutely. Child. I'm not saying you do it. I don't. I don't. Well, try not to mention her at all. Again, <laughs> look, you can reach out to me. We do telehealth. <laughs> so I like to thank now telehealth is available. So you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I like to thank you all um individually, but before we go, um Richard, if anybody needs to get in contact with you, how could they do that? Yeah, please. Uh well the Instagram thing is RK the, the phone number is 410-337-5291. And, and listen, I, I, I'm looking for no money. I care about people. You guys are family. I'd be, I'd be glad to give you advice. I do it to people all I give them advice for free all day long, every day, all the time. Okay, I care about you. I want you to be taken care of. So you got a question, call me anytime, man. No BS. Okay, no different in D.C. than it is out so Please use me, man. I'm a tool in the toolbox. Excuse me, all right? Taryn, how can we get in contact with you? Um, we're we're on social media, uh, IG, Unleashing, underscore, Potential, underscore, LLC. Facebook, you could just look up Unleashing Potential, LLC. And online, our website is unleashing-potential.org. And Stick'em, you made some new friends today, so... Just in case they cannot find you on Instagram, what is your Instagram handle? What's the Instagram handle? Yeah, your your at your name. <laughs> your name. Oh no! <laughs> you said they can't find me on Instagram. That's no. I said just in case they can't, because he said he's been trying to find you on Instagram, but he can't find you. Oh, it's at. Stick him S. Oh, he got it right there at the okay, top. Okay, okay. Right there at the top. Yeah. That's me. All right. Okay. Stick him underscore Johnson, right? Yes, sir. I got you. All right. Well, thank y'all so much. I really do uh, appreciate, like I said, you coming on again. Y'all really made this uh, season finale a great one. Um, Again, I, I thank you. Uh, Stick'em, I, I really hope that I did the right thing by bringing you back. And I also hope that you did, you know, connect and, and, and learn something. And, um, you know, like like she said, we all rooting for you. And you know that. So, again, thank you, you guys. And listen, this is me, time to show. I am signing off until the new year. Y'all have a wonderful week, month, day, whatever. But... I'm done. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> Thank you.